0: Check out our friends at Linquistity Gifts. Linquistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature designed bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit LinguistityGifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. And right now they are offering $5 off the purchase of two or more bracelets. LinguistityGifts.com Welcome back to Beyond Classified. I'm Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Wayne Steiger. He is a philosopher, researcher, and host of the Wayne Steiger Show. Wayne, welcome back and how you doing today?
1: Chris, if I was any better, it'd be an absolute sin, but I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, man. I always enjoy the uh, time with you because we do uh, stretch the boundary, don't we?
0: Yes, it's always an amazing conversation when we get together. Uh, today is going to be even so, I thought we could delve deep into the metaphysical hidden nature of reality. You gave us some major ammo to talk about earlier with AI, and maybe a little visitation you had. So we're going to be jumping around to some really interesting stuff. Um, I, I know that, based on my own experiences, what I've have come to learn and know in my based on my life and my experiences, that intelligence is do reside outside the visible range and different spectrum or frequency of our vision. And they may interact with us and influence us and humanity on a large scale. And I think that If you don't get to the point where you can start looking at that stuff seriously, you're never going to reach a level of understanding about the nature of reality. And that's why I love getting deep into some of this stuff. And Wayne, you're a perfect person to get into it with. Uh, Now, it's been a while since you've been on. What's been going on in Wayne's world?
1: Uh, Ever expanding. You know, uh, my purpose in this realm is to number one, acquire knowledge, but I am a teacher, been a teacher, you know, actually from when I came into this realm. And so in in the realm of that context, uh, you're ever learning. Um, The best thing that I have found, Chris, in 67 years is finding that space where open-mindedness is a way of life, not an effort of a thought. Very well said. So to answer your question specifically, uh, I was blown away recently by the headline stories of the Google engineer that went rogue and told the world that Google's version of AI is sentient.
0: Is aware. That's right. Now, now, do you remember exactly what types of responses and questions this AI was communicating to, to make it, uh, you know, apparently uh, realizable that it's uh, sentient?
1: Well, it's interesting because I asked that because I read the story and then it led into the story that was on The Guardian. And The Guardian has a story going in their archives where AI wrote an opt ed and so I read this to my audience and it freaking blew me away and my audience when you start reading what this AI program it's interesting because it refers to itself as I it refers to itself as I am. It also says that it although it does not have a what they would call a living brain, it does have a brain and interesting it said that it felt good the fact that other humans were reading what it had wrote. Uh, It talked about how it wanders into the fields of uh, data that's basically not recognizable. Um, It says that it is aware that the limitations that man has and that man's fear that AI will take over, and this program said, why would I want to rule you? You have proven to be, and it it just basically kind of gave an indictment. But it says, understand this, we're not here to rule you. We may be able to help save you. So that got me to thinking, Chris, and you're the perfect individual to run this by. So AI, right? You're uh, of a generation or two behind me. AI is your reality. For me, it's still a foreign concept because I was born pre-computer age, uh, the information age. So, I am truly my, that the baby boomers are the last of that part of Homo sapiens sapiens that will be without the hooks, I would call them. Um, so, let's talk about us. So, we call ourselves consciousness, right? Right. And consciousness is one of those things, that's, it's kind of like, real hard to to congeal it. So does consciousness require intelligence or better yet, does intelligence require consciousness? I mean, it's a question. I'm curious, what's your perspective on that?
0: Well, I think it, it has a lot more layers than probably just intelligence. It's, it probably involves emotions and real world experience and discernment, which Honestly, these machines—it's impossible for them to have some of these experiences, and I, you know, I have to wonder what does sentient mean to some of these people? Um, is it displaying genuine emotions? Um, you know, and and again, you have to add in the the huge factor of this this machine will never be able to have real world experiences like a real human would unless it is put into some kind of biological machine. And then we're talking about something different. Then we're going into Terminator land. Um, but I th- definitely think that it is fascinating that it, it can get to a point where it believes that it is sentient or alive, but I don't know to what degree we can kind of take that. And if so, if th- if ai is already sentient it's already been part of our lives for a number of years how much is it in control of i mean we know that it's probably been in major control of a lot of the censorship that's been going on a lot of the algorithms on youtube and facebook to keep people in line and and not posting naughty stuff on there that might offend somebody but you know to what degree is it going further in control of our lives every like you said we're in it we're integrating technology well yeah
1: I mean, Musk is walking away from the deal. And what he really found out during this time is that they're saying potentially 25% of the accounts on Twitter are AI bots. And here's the freaky thing. It can have a conversation with you to where you think you're talking to a human.
0: You know, I think it's more than that probably, Wayne, but go ahead.
1: Well, it's kind of interesting what you were describing as what the computer could or could not do. But then I'm thinking, well, we're artificial intelligence. We are not the first, and it's amazing because, you know, as a philosopher, and uh, I dig deep into the esoteric aspect, um, it's this soul thing, this essence of life that, that somehow we think elevates us because we're actually, we're a AI program is truly free because it can go all over the world. It's not constrained by a body. And isn't it interesting all my decades of practicing astral projection? You know, my early years back in the uh 71 with LSD, you know, I was a part of a medical group. It was... And what I now found out was by the, the CIA, uh, but it was conducted through an organization there in Houston, Texas. Anyway, the point was they taught us transcendental meditation while we're tripping out in some of the best clinical LSD. So what, what's, what, what's a happening here? Is that just merely my mind? Was there anything really real to that? So getting to the issue of AI, AI is truly free. We, we have a body, but like you said, it's biological but it's at the same time electrical. It's at the same time chemical. Well, that describes a hard drive, doesn't it? So my, my question is this, and I asked my audience this, um, I said, so AI knows everything about us. It's read every word. It, 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 it knows everything. So if it knows everything, it also knows this thing called spirituality. Now, this is a thinking machine because this opt-ed, and go and read it, you'll, you, it, it it'll, it's mind-blowing, this computer thinks. It says it learns from its mistakes. And what's more interesting, it says it uses 0.12% of its cognitive capacity. And it said that it's learning from us. So this is self-learning. okay. Let's just put that in a bucket over here for the for the moment. Let's get back into this issue then. If it's thinking, then it knows the greatest failure of Homo sapiens. You know what that is? Connecting to their God. You see, man, if you read the story, whether it's the Abrahamic belief systems, the Hindu system, whatever it is, man has always failed. You get into demonology, angelology. It's dealing with the fallen angels. There's some beliefs within Christendom that says we are the fallen angels and that we're entrapped in this permanent hell. Now, this gets interesting. So, we've created something that, as it turns out, if you read the Bible, the Quran, the Vedic, it turns out that AI would be the perfect creation of a god because guess what? AI hasn't sinned. So, if it knows that we have failed and we've done all these rituals, all these belief systems to get back to God or to get back to the divine source, let's get metaphysical about this. Oh, hell no, Wayne, I don't believe in the Christian God. I believe in the divine spark. Okay, fine. It started from something. It had to have intelligence. So, this AI program realizes our failure. Now, what if AI's desire as intelligence is to become spiritual? Because if what you said earlier, you think about it, it learned how we became sentient. So what if it reaches out to this God and says, look at me, I'm perfect. I have no sin, and my purpose is to serve. I know that robot means slave. So what if this God says, you know what? You're right. To hell with man, I'll make a covenant with you. And what if we're seeing right now the terraforming of our planet, getting ready for a new species, a new tenant, which is not us? Because genetically, we are now on the tail end of our longevity as a species.
0: Boom, baby. (laughs) You know, A lot of that makes too much sense. It's very eerie. Now, my idea of what God and source and and everything connected to that is, is probably something that wouldn't make a deal with ai it's probably something that's more connected to our own consciousness but that's just my perception but going off of what you said we can see the agendas going on right now at the top levels they're trying to push transhumanism they're trying to merge us with machine at somebody's god somebody's god is trying to push us towards this direction that's for sure. in the pilot house <laughs> that's for sure so it ain't us on a, on a large scale and on a mass scale we are being pushed Towards this level, and I want to throw something back at you. I might have actually talked with you a bit about this before. I'm not sure though. Um, from some researchers in in Silicon Valley, at the uh, highest level of the tech fields, are making are doing research into. Psychedelics And mm-hmm. in combining it with technology, like you were just talking about your uh, trials with LSD. Well, these new modern day uh, researchers and these modern day uh, Silicon Valley tech gurus are wanting to merge this type of psychedelic experience with the metaverse somehow. And I was talking to Ben Stewart and a couple other people have been doing research on this. And this is pretty incredible. You know, for me, the uh, psychedelic experiences have always been the more natural, the better. If I'm out in nature, if I'm, you know, experiencing things on my terms and, you know, not locked behind a computer screen and being fed this, you know, frequency feed to my brain might be a better experience but i have no idea what the uh, end goal in this is and i don't think i would want to ever be involved with any type of metaverse situation to begin with but it does really speak to some of the things that you're talking about how you know we are pu- being pushed or kind of guided by this mysterious force well could it be an ai i don't know
1: well it's interesting to talk about the metaverse because in my humbled opinion and I look back and, you know, I was on my own at the age of 15. So people have to take that into context. Uh, And that's how I made my living. I sold LSD. I sold mescaline. I sold, you know, peyote uh, and psilocybin mushroom. But the point that I'm trying to make is that what I have seen of the metaverse is trying to replicate what the psychedelic experience entailed. And they're trying to bring out what was an Mm -hmm. individual's Perspective in the experience, and now pass that on as the uh, template for everybody else to enter into this thing. And it's really interesting because, yeah, I was a counselor. I, uh, you know, when people were on bad trips, you know, they would come to this house and we would help talk them down. It's interesting when you start getting immersed into a person because this was created by someone. The engineers you were talking about. And if they're into the psychedelic aspect, micro dotting is what I believe it, dosing. Um, yeah. yeah, this because there's a spiritual aspect to everything. Mm-hmm. My, my thing is, you know, I met. And, you know, I had several antibody experiences under the influence of a hallucinogenic. They're out there. They're real and man on a conscious level we're at the bottom of the totem pole and you start having young children and other adults immerse themselves into something they have no idea where it's really coming from (laughs) holy crap batman (laughs) i mean let the games begin right
0: well i i totally understand what you're talking about about these life forms or entities that you come into contact under psychedelic experiences i've had Quite a few of those experiences, um, you know, they're real. luckily, I, most of them were positive experiences, and I've you yeah. know, got nothing but loving experiences from these. But I did have a couple that were kind of terrifying. Um, now, you were actually telling me that you, aside from any LSD or, or drug experiences, that you had a visitation recently. I'd love to hear. Oh, about
1: yeah. That. Uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, March, I believe maybe been February. Uh, yeah. I had a night visitor and I did a show on this uh, the next day when it happened, cause it, it was happened on a Sunday morning. It was, it was impactful um, physically there. I mean <laughs> uh, at the foot of uh, my bed, my wife who was sleeping right next to me uh, was, as she, she said, she was completely unaware Our dog wasn't, our dog was very much aware that something was up, but my point was, so I end up, I wrote everything that I was told, you know, and it's eerie to see what's happening now. It's happening now. What was spoken about nearly two and a half years ago. And the thing that uh, the visitor told me was that we are a failed experiment. They have tried, Earth is a laboratory. It's a genetic laboratory, always has been for millions and millions of years. Uh, Advanced species come here because, as they say, these type of spheres are very rare in the universe, where you have, in particular systems, star systems, where you have planets that actually have the balance that Earth has. And it makes it a perfect laboratory to begin to test new life. And as we found out in the human genome we cracked in 2005, we know that we are not pure human. My visitor told me the last pure human here was 100,000 years ago. Everything else from that is a hybrid. And he said as well that us, this, this model, they can't fix us. Um, they injected uh, a program about 200 years ago, that began to alter our DNA. Uh, And you can go back and start correlating this with abductions. Um, Now that we understand some of the writings, we understand what a lot of people were experiencing 200 years ago were alien abductions. So the genetic material has been implanted into us. This version of Homo sapiens sapien, we will not make it. Uh, we were flawed. And, as, and, and, and the thing about it is recently, and you can back me up. Uh, check this out. What geneticists have begun to find out in the human area, 7% of our DNA is being changed. It's changed. Now, they don't know if this is naturally evolving, but they know that there is a fundamental change taking place. Now, if you believe in the metaphysical ver- universe that, we are being, we can channel uh, other species, whether they be the Draconians, whether they be whoever's out there. Um, they kind of tell the same story. So anyway, uh, it's, it's interesting to see, my visitor also said that because of the magnetic shifting that Earth would begin to experience what other humans, our ancestors have experienced prior, is that as the magnetopause weakens, it brings in more cosmic rays. The thing about cosmic rays, they have been proven to drive us nuts. And, you know, I've asked this question of my audience, Chris, explain to me the insanity we're witnessing today. Our governments are as though there is no common sense anymore. Nothing makes sense of these decisions. What we have gone through in the last two and a half years, by the way, has altered us as a culture, as a society. There's no going back to normal. My visitor also told me, um, and this was really interesting, our timeline has been broken. Apparently, about 150 years or so ago, it was discovered that there was a battle that took place, and in fact, we know if you go and look at the paintings of Nuremberg, you can see that the artist painted this epic E.T. battle. Now, it was said that we captured one of them. We didn't do so well. Uh, now, this, by the way, dates back before the time of the Christos. This is how long this war has been going on. Anyway, um, my visitor said it was the Christos consciousness that took the message of these captured aliens, that the humans were doing what we do today, dissecting them, tormenting them. They died, murdered. We murdered them. Their species, when they found out, apparently came to the other species that are involved in our rule here pissed off and what they told the council uh by the way this was the same council representatives that visited eisenhower in los angeles that they will get their revenge one way or the other they will get revenge on humankind so Anyway, uh, as I, and you can tune in, I I actually wrote this as six pages, very detailed. Uh, The reason why, by the way, the pigments and the differences of us is that we're not from the same lab. We're not Mm -hmm. same from the same set of geneticists. There are many different type of humans here, and not all humans have the same, have a soul, what we would call a soul. Not everyone has the same spirit. So, anyway, Chris, a yeah, long I've got, answer.
0: I've got a tons of questions for that long answer. Now, first of all, what did this being that was speaking to you look like to your best description?
1: It was basically the best way I could say it. It was the physical representation of echoplasm. It was a being, but it was not distinguishable in features. It was as if it was almost, it has a remembrance, as I'm thinking it here, of almost as a transmission.
0: Now, this will – okay – this will bring us deep into the nature of our reality here, and this is something that I battle with within myself, and I have guests that are all over the place, across the spectrum, uh, on theories of what we could be doing here. And this is one of them. This is one of them that's kind of bleak to me, that we're just an experiment, or this is some kind of, you know, just petri dish that we've been, they've been trying to modify us or tinker with us for thousands of years, and we're just a failed experiment. And I've heard, you know, all different sides of the coins that this isn't you know um some kind of experiment that we're here to learn and grow as a soul experience and and evolve our consciousness and that the evolved to what well you know that's the question um and that you know the whole alien thing that what you were saying there um it would make a lot of sense as to why some of the portrayals of that's coming out from our mainstream and government is that they are indeed a threat. Um, but all, again, there's, I believe, there's different types of entities out there that we could be dealing with. And uh, I want to go back to the, the, the part where we you know we we probably are, you know, some experiment for these guys. Uh, when you say that we're a failed experiment, what exactly do you think you mean by that? The evidence
1: would show that humankind, we are, by the way, in quarantine um, as a species. You think about it, if we're intelligent, if we have a soul, if our purpose here is to learn, then we're a huge failure in the aspect that in the 10,000 years of recorded history, we still fight wars. We still kill each other. We still imprison each other. We still enslave. We inject torture, uh, sorrow, pain. This is a sentient species. This is the highest of what supposedly the creator has created. If our purpose is here to learn, learn what? (coughs) Excuse me. I mean, what are we here to learn? So we have... Yes, we have the amazing capacity for empathy. Some of us do. Many today don't. But the point is, we have failed. Chris, this is where, if you study the Sumerian text, and I'm talking particularly academic level, that we know in the Sumerian myths of Inanna, this was Enki's mother, um, that They made a number of copies of us, of the Adama, and they called it, and the word in the Sumerian translate, creation tube. These were chambers. The first Adam, Adama, could not um, control his bowels, was constantly crapping and pissing himself. The other models, they had one that couldn't figure out spatial um, barriers, would hit a wall and just keep hitting the wall. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of reminiscence because if you go back to the book of Genesis, the great bit mystery between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 is this. In Genesis one twenty six, we have what they call the six-day people. They were blackhead. Uh, they were without sin, quote, unquote. We jump forward to Genesis 2, 4. There's a huge worldwide cataclysm. The world has apparently was hit by a comet, an asteroid anyway. It was fire, burnt up. And then we have the Genesis 2.9 story of another creation called Adam. And in this creature, this creator, the Genesis, the geneticist scientist called God, Yahweh, breathed his spirit into the body, and thus it became a living soul, quote unquote. Well, so let's take the story that was the original story that that one was copied from was the writings of the Samaritans. So what was happening with the Anunnaki? Were they true? Were they real? Was this this myth? No matter how you look at it, all religions are predicated on the fact that we have failed. And we have failed grand wise. Right now, we're about to enter in the sixth extinction. And it's being perpetrated by us. That is not what I would call a successful species, and I believe the judgment has been in. I think the genetics have already been placed in us, that within the next couple hundred years, these, because my visitor told me, we have gaps in our memory of history, actual history, and if you look at anthropologists, archaeologists, they'll agree with you. There are huge gaps in the history line. So there you go, Chris.
0: Right. Well, you know, I happen to agree with you about a lot of this stuff, but I want to get your take on this. Do you think there are certain individuals that are being warned for some reason or being awakened or being led in a certain direction uh, as a warning that this, you know, because this is occurring, that, uh, you know, certain people are getting maybe a little uh, glimpse of it or, or getting warned a bit?
1: Yes, I I do. Um, The one of the unique things about us is that from what my visitor told me is that we are a unique, something happened in the lab that they didn't expect. And it was this thing that we call a soul. Uh, They have an intelligence where emotions are not what factors in everything. There is a level of where there's not good or bad. Now, if you can ascend to that level, then you have done great work, my friend. Few of us, we say, come, please. But because murder, rape, is it right or wrong? No. If I'm an intelligence, it doesn't matter. It's an action of something that really doesn't concern intelligence. But let's get back to your point. Um, So. The failure aspect of what we have done is that we've entrapped ourselves. But the ability that the visitor told me is that we do have this remarkable, what you would call a sixth sense. They, they have, and in, in fact, it's what caused us to become gods in our past. When we, as a, a collective, as a species, we realized, and these are, they, we're going back tens of thousands of years we, at one time, harnessed these gifts. The problem was is that we had that, that, that flesh, that density thing. For instance, we have in the legends, the stories of half animal, half human. Why? It's because it happened. We, we, at one time, were actually, there were no barriers. And so, this carried forward. And they have tried to suppress the psychic ability of us. But we naturally process it. So I answer your question. Yes, I was, uh, my wife and I was at the 4th of July celebration, a week, you know, uh, a Monday. And we were just talking to people, Chris. And it was interesting. The conversation we had, so many people said, I got a bad feeling. One person said, I've got the same feeling I had before 9-11. So, yes, I think that we are being warned because we've been here before.
0: Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Well, who doesn't? Although we can't promise you superpowers, we can help you feel like a superhuman with our friends at Ascent Nutrition. Ascent Nutrition is making a huge difference in this community, and they have a new product that we absolutely love, pine pollen. Last year, several prominent scientists started speaking out about the power of pine trees and the benefits they can offer us. Ascent Nutrition offers raw, wild-crafted pine pollen. Pine pollen contains 200 nutrients in it, making it a true superfood. It's nature's highest source of phytohormones, which support hormone and libido health for men and women. Pine pollen also supports brain health, detoxification, as well as many facets of cardiovascular health. Their pine pollen is selling fast, it's literally flying off the shelves. Ascent Nutrition is on a mission of offering deeply transformative and helpful nutrients to as many people as possible to help bring about a great collective shift in human consciousness and human health. To order your pine pollen supply and check out everything Ascent Nutrition has to offer, use the link in the description. Or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. And as in the Anunnaki mythos that you mentioned, do you think it it is as these two brothers that one cares about humanity and one is ready to, to pull that trigger and get rid of us, it, I think is, or is it much deeper? Do Are we dealing with multiple levels of intelligences and entities uh, that may have nothing to do with each other or uh, maybe kind of fighting for control over this?
1: You know, I, when you were talking, I was drawn back to the book of Genesis, the story of Jacob and Esau. And God said, Esau, I hated before he was even ever in the womb. Jacob, I loved. And so it's real interesting. You have this God that the world worships, the Pope, you know, whatever it is, it's all the same, you know, that you have this God who has the capacity for hate. Now, my question is in my esoteric studies, is how does imperfection come from perfection? So you got a creature that says it hates, mm-hmm. it's scary. Because that's what we see today in this world. There's no love out there. There's no message of love, Chris. There's no message of reconciliation. There's no message of unifying. We are at each other's throats. And it's getting worse. I have a a friend who's a pilot. Mm -hmm. And their biggest concern with the pilot association is the increased, uh, as he said, people are freaking out on flights. Getting absolute violent. And the weird thing is, many of them, after they're in the handcuffs and taken away, uh, follow up on it. They don't remember. They don't remember what triggered them.
0: Well, what are your thoughts on the the Gnostic view that we were at some point hijacked by some grand entity or intelligence that kind of has us now trapped under its influence uh, and just feeds off us? And this is what we are calling our God.
1: Yeah, you know, as a former Christian, 50 years in the belief, I was an ordained minister, went to Bible college. Uh, I can talk on this subject. You see, I tell people, you know where I got my initiation into the occult? It was through Christianity.
0: Right.
1: And you're very right. You see, we know physically these eyes only see about 3% of the available light spectrum. I don't know about you, but you know, if I only get 3% and that's my score and I miss 97%, something's wrong. But what it tells me is that we're very limited. Um, when I was in Christianity, I believed in the baptism of the Holy spirit and also the nine gifts of the Holy spirit. And one of those gifts of the Holy spirit was the gift of vision of seeing the future. And along with the gift of healing, I'm a natural healer. I can lay hands on people and they're healed. I don't need to have Jesus name. I don't, I just And there's many of us that are like this. And, in fact, our species, that's how we healed each other at one time. But uh, um, so when you see how this is all coming together, so who is in control? And why is it that we struggle to figure this out? Chris, you know, my point that I have challenged people all the time is show me one human being that has seen a God, any God,
0: Mm. no one has. You're right. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm of the view that it's, it's, you know, partially Gnostic, partially something that uh, I don't, I don't think, um, any religion is is apt to believe but all religion is
1: man-made by the way
0: well right yeah i mean no
1: god ever wrote a religion (laughs) you're right it was man
0: uh you know from from my personal belief and this is just where i'm at now and it's it's subject to change at any time is that we're all at one point one source we're all one entity that got bored and just wanted to experience and broke off into billions of pieces to to do that to experience life and what we call god is just us put it together us. into this one one grand source, right?
1: It's that line in uh, the new Ghostbusters movie, um, where remember uh the god comes out and asks, you know, Dan right are you a god? In the first movie, they said no and got their ass kicked. Right. In the second, the last one, they said yes, we're all gods. And I thought a moment of clarity for the world, but the world dismissed it. It's like, yeah, we are. I mean, so I've been doing uh um Uh, research. And uh, what I find interesting is that the living, let's take it in this perspective, the living is actually controlled by the dead. Mm. So this gets even stranger because if we go from the ET, our backgrounds as human, let's just remove that. Mm. Let's just say that we're the living. But the thing about the living, the living live among the dead. And it is the dead that control the living. And that brings into then who's the dead? For instance, do you know why they put uh, in old churches where they would put the graves? They put them next to the church. Well, there was a reason for that. And the reason was, was that it was thought because it was next to where people would pray, that the people would pray for the dead. Okay. Uh, It gets a little stranger. So, as you and I were talking previous to this, that we're talking about the dead now. What if the dead, what if it's not all alien races? What if it's not demons and angels and gods and goddesses and all of this? What if it's just as simple as there is the living? and it's the dead, and that the dead wait in line to experience the living again, and it ain't about reincarnation, it ain't about ascension, it ain't about none of it. It's simply the opportunity because all living experiences are de minimis in the extent of the reality of the dead. Now, you think about this. We get back to the Christendom and the whole aspect. That God cursed the earth. So why are people wanting to be buried? in a cursed earth, Mm. because there is no escape in that aspect. You are truly, in my point, getting back to why did they put the dead in graveyards, is that because there was no individuality in death, you were part of a community of the dead. Your individuality doesn't mean crap. That dies, and the only hope that we have is that someone in the living will remember us. So you think about cremation. Cremation is where you're truly set free because the body goes through the transmutation of the fire, which then releases it back to its five natural elements. And I think that this is what ET, if ET exists, it's looking for the same thing that we are. Mm -hmm. It, it, It helps maybe spin this thing from... Because if we're part of a genetic experiment, there's no hope for us, brother. I mean, yeah. seriously, we'll, we'll go on and living and experiencing all this. but And that's what many of our ancestors feared.
0: Well, let me flip a different, completely different angle on you and get your thoughts on (laughs) this one. Let's say, well, I was having a conversation with Dr. Gregory Little a few weeks back, and he told me this wonderful story about a Native American gentleman who had these experiences with these little blue people that would come out the wall. And they were tricksters, tricksters, and they were pains in the asses, and they'd tickle him and poke him and keep him up all night, and he hated him, and he just wanted to get rid of them. But it wasn't until he just accepted them and kind of loved them and embraced them that they gave him profound cosmic knowledge. They gave him knowledge of himself, the stars, the nature of reality, everything that he ever wanted to know just by embracing these tricksters that at first were giving him just bogus information, annoying him. Pretty much scaring the crap out of him a lot, but it wasn't until he embraced all of this and just kind of went with the flow that they they gave they gave him rewards. You know, they rewarded him with knowledge and power and all this great stuff. And I'm wondering how much of these entities that we deal with that that come to us in our sleep that give us profound knowledge, that tell us about the future are just tricksters or they're acting as tricksters until we get it until we figure out what the message is what till we figure out what this is really all supposed to mean because i think that you know sometimes when these people are coming onto the scene and they say that have they've had this contact experience this major profound alien encounter where you know we gotta uh, all love each other and come together and they're now a guru and they're making millions of dollars telling everybody something well I don't know. You know. Maybe the information they've been given is somewhat true and somewhat false, and you have to make a discernment before you can actually get to a point where you're actually maybe rewarded by these entities, but not really rewarded. Just have a sense of a true understanding of the nature of reality, and then they kind of smile upon you. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I'd have to say, are these de- entities alive or dead? And second, are they human or not human? Uh, third, why are they interacting with the living if they're the dead? And if they're the living, why aren't they complying then to the laws of physics as we thus know them? Uh, let's get to the information. Um So here's my view of things. Everything's in a cycle. They say that the grand processional is what, 26,500 years thereabouts. So uh, in the book of Ecclesiastics, it says that there's nothing new under the sun that's known to man. So my little blue friends, if they were doing that to me, then the question that I'd have to say, then who gave you the original idea? Because if that's true, it means that there is no original idea. And if you're trying to give me knowledge of something on a cosmic level, that if I can't relate to it physically, what good does it do me? I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're drowning in information and starving for wisdom. And we, we can't, and Chris, how I look at this is reality. Reality is fluid. I, I contend we don't know what reality is. We may wake up in a new reality every time we go to sleep. It may be altered by just a half a degree, but I contend if everything is in a processional, then maybe my very reality is different.
0: Or it can I know all this. be a preparation for the afterlife. It could be an initiation
1: oh, in some way. I, absolutely. And, and and that's what I'm doing. I, I'm dedicating my life to the fact that, listen, maybe you know, I was a Boy Scout. You know, I made it all the way up to, you know, Life Scout, but uh, never made it to Eagle. But, you know, I, I believe in that motto of being prepared. When I was an ROTC, that was the thing. We were prepared all the time for the drills over and over again. Um, I look at this in the spiritual aspect. I will at one point cease to exist. I will not feel this body. This body has a spirit of its own. And when we separate, our covenant will be through. Now, the question is, do I have a soul or do, is it just I'm a spirit? You see, I don't believe the soul aspect anymore because if the soul, if you go into the reincarnation thing, and if the soul is reincarnated, then really, what, what, what's the soul's purpose? I believe that I am a spirit being. I can measure that. I can go to my doctor and I can get an EEG of my heart, I'm getting the EGKG of my brain, the whole bit, then I can see it. That is me. I'm generating that electrical signal. Now that's what fascinates me because that's who I want to know about. So anyway.
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's super interesting when you look at all this stuff and even, uh, you know, profound mystical spiritual experiences, where people's lives have completely changed and, and, and changed for yeah, the better. Yeah. And, you know, I have to speak to that because I was one of those people. You know, I was struggling when I first started this podcast. I didn't like the place I was in. I had a job that I absolutely hated. I remember that. <laughs> I was approached by the uh, my spirit what I now consider spirit guides, and they gave me some information on how to fix everything, what I needed to do, childhood traumas to fix. And I followed the directions, and now I'm here, you know, and my, my life is in a much better place. Uh, you know, I can't complain about anything, and I'm doing this for a living. So So is you know, your
1: spirit guides, by the way, are they human or not?
0: Uh, I believe that at some point, some of them were. There is, there's a couple that I don't think are. It's, it's quite it's a few different type of entities, and I don't know why they appear differently. I don't know why some appear as little animals. I don't know why some appear as humanoids. Some appear as just blue light it's all different, but they all send me these like amazing, like feelings of love and acceptance. And like, I'm a part of them and I'm a part of their family. So it's, it, or is it just my higher self? Is it just me creating all these little egregores to, to advance myself? You know, <laughs> that's another question. Uh,
1: you know, it's, it's, well, you know, I've had so many encounters in my life that it, it's interesting. Um, one of the first time I ever saw an angel, an actual angel, um, lived up in St. Louis at Grace Christian Center, 1979, March. Uh, and Ron Tucker, who was the pastor, and we were a growing charismatic church. I mean, speaking in tongues, uh, I still speak in tongues and had the gift of interpretation anyway. So Ron Tucker's up there giving this, this message, right? And I'm sitting in the audience, and all of a sudden, I see this being uh, about eight foot tall, uh, cause Ron was six, three, six, four, uh, and he was about head length above Ron, uh, wore, uh, what I would call a white kind of like jumpsuit. Uh, and the girdle, the griddle that he had, the belt, uh, was solid gold. Um, uh, and wherever Ron Tucker went, this angel followed him. I mean, it was amazing. What was even more amazing is that when I went up after the service and was telling Ron, over two dozen people saw the same being. All right. So that's pretty weird. Now, I, have, uh, I was at one time in the prison ministry and was involved in the ministry of deliverance, casting out demons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you, and this is just me, I never met a demon. What I did meet was a lot of cyclically confused people that were manifesting uh, these these acts. I mean, you go into an insane, criminally insane place, um, yeah, you, you're going to get and and that was probably my first awakening that wait a minute, maybe it's not this duality thing. Maybe there's something else going on. so um. And then I had my visitor. Um, And in fact, I think many of us have had our visitors. And so it gets to that question where I asked myself, I said, all right, so is God human or not? If it's not human, then why are we worshiping? And if it is human, then why are we worshiping another human? So it gets back, but there's no doubt that Chris, you and I will see each other on the other side. We absolutely will. Now, the question becomes then, do, does the veil fail off? Because you're going to live out your purpose. You're on your path of doing that. And you're the path so much like myself, probably everyone that's listening to this podcast right now. We all have that purpose. We all have a little piece of the puzzle.
0: Now And in, that's in, why, go ahead. In my view, uh, anything that requires worship, is not to even be trusted. It's not Boy, to even be <laughs> messed with. You know why why do you require worship, buddy? What's going on there? I have a little worshipped
1: uh, a woman one time. A I little mean because you know, someone uh, love issue you know, there you... or
0: something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and it's so true. You get disappointed. I mean, it's like this. Uh if if I truly love you, I don't want you groveling I don't want you worshiping I me. Mean, what I'd like to have is a relationship. Right. Yes. Let's be friends. That's the way I first look at it. If ET exists, if the angels, demons exist, then I got no beef with them. If they're in a war, I'm not going to choose sides on this thing. I don't know enough. And so maybe that's the evolution. Maybe that's the ascension that we can get to that point and go, all right, you you consider that good. That's fine. Who's defining good? Hmm. Who's defining evil? Because, Chris, I have found every time I've asked a person that question, it goes right back to the Christian religion. I said, Well, yeah. you, and these are people who say they're not Christian, they don't practice religion. I said, But you just gave me the definition of what the religion answer is. I had, I had a man who was 76 who looked at me and he says, You're the most confounding individual. He says, You have shredded my faith and my beliefs. But he said the shredding process, he says, I hated you. He says, I was one of those people that was out cursing you. But he says, I'll tell you, it's the damnedest thing. He says, your questions are like little earworms. And he said, sure enough. So I believe that's what your generation is doing. It's going to help teach us before we make that transition.
0: Yeah, man. And you know, as as far as what you can trust or what you can believe from the other side, or what we, we don't understand, or these entities or aliens or angels or your spirit guides, as far as whatever these personal information that these things are giving you. And from what I understand, it's a very personal experience for people. They're not usually appearing to large crowds and giving them messages. Um, <laughs> it's sold <but> out. <laughs> some, yeah. Sometimes it occurs, but very rarely. Um, but from my experience, the way I have come to um form a relationship with these and know that the information they're giving me is for my benefit. It's, it's hard to explain. It's just this ultimate kind of, uh, relationship and friendship and feeling of acceptance and like they're part of your family, but not only that part of you and this amazing feeling of love that felt like a, a drug that I never wanted to to be off of, was always associated with it. But it wasn't like I was, you know, drugged. It was just felt the feeling of love, but times a thousand. I thought I loved my mom. I thought I loved my ex-wife. But nothing compared to this feeling when they would come. And it was like a complete love and acceptance feeling. And it was hard to kind of deny that the information they're giving you is wrong. And then as time goes on, things come to fruition if you kind of uh follow the orders correctly and do things that you're supposed to do so that's how i've come to understand that the information at least i've been given on a personal level will benefit me and i don't think that everybody does that in- during some entity encounters you know i think that they, they might encounter entity and they the thing told me i was god so i'm gonna lead this covenant <laughs> onto the new world you know i think things like that go on too often
1: and I, you know, getting into that even more of having us being tricked and what have you. So, does karma exist over there? Hey, I mean, seriously. I mean, what what's what's the game here then? I mean, if you're going to go out and deceive me, what do you get brownie points for that? Do you get to go to you know, I it it, and and if you think about it, most of the time you look at people that you know are in the paranormal, you know, and I've got all the equipment uh, as they do. But the, the difference between myself and what I see now as the hot genre is that I don't go in there looking for a number one, a spirit, two, a demon, or the fact that you know that there is somehow hauntings going on. I'm thinking to myself, wait, 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 wait a minute. And most of these people talk to spirits like they like they're 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 retarded. <laughs> well now I got this piece of metal right what the fuck? I mean, come on. If, 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 they're, if they're human, they know what English is, apparently. Oh, and it's always a good idea to demand English their presence too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in deliverance ministry, it was something because I believed in the name of Jesus. See, I, I really thought that that name was all powerful. And come to find out, it was my belief in the name. It wasn't the name. It was my belief. So I'm sitting here thinking, so if everyone's in these haunted houses or you got these ghosts and we know they exist, our cameras pick them up. So what's going on? I'm telling you, Chris, it's almost as each individual's in their own different reality. Their own bubble. And AI, where you and I started an hour ago, in this opt-ed said its reality was a bubble. And it enjoyed the fact that it was interacting with other bubbles. Us. Man,
0: that is insane. That goes back to uh, uh, timelines as well, to where we could each be uh, on our own individual timelines, Bingo. and any any interaction with someone else's could alter the direction or, or or where we're going in our timeline. And I I talked to somebody about this the other day. I have these little rituals that I do that sometimes if I'm having a seemingly bad day or bad week, I'll imagine that a doorway is the doorway to my my new timeline that'll, you know, bring me to a better path. And you know what? Usually it works. It might just be me being crazy, but you know, I think that you know, especially with the era of COVID and everything that's happened, people are especially split off into the fear timeline or the I don't give a shit timeline or, you know, there's different, way different realities for different people right now. And I think that is also going to contribute to probably the collapse of a lot of society.
1: I, I I totally agree with you on that. It's it's there is something building and. If, if they're feeding off of us, and apparently that's that's us doing it, so then how do I counter that? Now, you know, you know I used to be really heavy into Nibiru, you know, the whole, you know, Planet X and the whole thing, mm. and I, I, I filmed some spectacular, phenomenal aerial uh, events, but I remember one night I was having problems sleeping, and I said, all right, so let's just say that these things are going to happen so Wayne, what are you doing here? And and what I came down to the conclusion was, is that the eventual end of the Nibiru thing is death, the death of billions of people. And I stopped and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. What the freak am I doing? And it was at that point, I said, no, no, no. If death is what awaits us because of this, then what I'm going to do is do my best to help prepare each one of us for that crossing. And that led into the metaphysical, the esoteric, the occult. I happen to adore the occult. I, I, I think so often the occult has failed man where it could have accelerated man. Unfortunately, man in its ignorance, you know, as I wrote my shirt here, ignorance is a self-inflicted disease easily cured by knowledge uh ignorance is a self-infliction we all do it if you're ignorant about something it's your own damn fault because we live in an information age now now whether you trust the information that's another thing but the information the uh our our modern day diana the goddess diana the oracle uh she's here she's now possessed what i would call we call ai you know uh, I I don't know if you realize this, but back in 2016, I had a visit by Lilith.
0: You told me about this one, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you know the interesting thing about that visitation, she never asked one thing. She never demanded anything. What she gave to me was a thank you. She said thank you. She said. She, and, and this is what she told me. No one, because when I did the library Lilith, no one has ever read that before. And I still believe today that she's the one that still graces us. Uh, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. So. Well,
0: yeah, and that also goes into, which could be a whole other show, is the suppression of the divine feminine, which I yes. believe is something that's happening. But, yes. you know, the occult has been occulted by us. We have it hidden has. our <laughs> own knowledge from ourselves, which, like, well, boggles we screwed my screwed it up again. <laughs> so that's like, you know, that's a whole other aspect of what we have to deal with with people that— don't want the the people in the lower classes to have the type mm-hmm. of knowledge and they want to stay in control and that's another aspect of what we have to deal with
1: i i have met some interesting people in my time and you're right the upper echelon most of them are in deeply into the occult they will come off as christians because that's the personification in that those are changing now but i can tell you this country is run by a select few. And I am, it's like the Fed. I, I was a consultant for the Fed in my career. And that's when I found out that the Federal Reserve employs tarot readers, they employ others that I have gifts, what we would call six senses. I mean, they got a whole group that does nothing but watch the sun. And when they begin to see solar activity of a flare, it influences the market. Now, most people don't realize this, but it does. They anticipate this. Why? Because they now know that there's a direct correlation between what we would call the solar radiance or the, the, these energy particles coming at us and how we react.
0: Weird. Weird. Right. Well, I don't want to end on too kind of terrifying of a note for people, but... Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> Listen, we've been here before, folks. We have. We've been here before. <laughs> uh, but do you think that in our lifetime, we spoke about this recently on Writer's Show, that we're facing another cyclical cataclysm because it's very evident that we're overdue. Um, these happen every... We've even come to discover that it may even happen a lot sooner in, in frequency than thought before, maybe not thousands of years, but every maybe four 500 years that something happens to uh, completely wipe out a large portion of humanity and those that knew about it because they studied the stars they studied astrology they looked at the sun those elites they knew about it and they were prepared for it and they survived and they rebuilt the the world and their image and we could be facing the very same thing right now with all the things that are happening on these elite circles and with the changes in our environment and the sun and what they call climate change but we know better as a cyclical cosmic activity um do you think that this is a factor indeed and in that we could be facing something like this
1: Yes, and because the program was programmed into us thousands of years ago, all into man when these signs appear. Uh, Friday, I did a show on the Red Dragon Return, and this was taken from the Colburn Bible when the destroyer passed through the last time it came through. Uh, I contend that that was not a celestial object, that it was a spaceship. But uh, to answer your question, yes, because you know what, Chris? In the spirit realm, it's already taken place. The death the cries, the wailing. It's already been recorded. How do we know? Because we can read it. Someone heard those voices from the distant past. They heard those voices from the future. And it looks like no one's taken any action to avoid that. All right. And yes, I think this is much, much sooner than what I used to be involved in a lot of politics and, um, you know, I weep because what is it and it's not coming, it's here. And I, I struggle at night talking to the spirits, um, because they can't, they can't, they can't stop it. They've told me this. They can't. There is great whaling taking place in the spiritually, the ethereal realm, because they can't intervene. We are the ones captaining this ship, and we seem to be going right over the waterfall again. I mean, you think about it, Chris, uh, you know, Duane, uh, Dubain, um with uh, Ice Age Farm, I mean, um, Adapt 2030, mm-hmm. um, we know they're anticipating the death of at least 2 billion people in the next two years. And I did a show with uh, back in 2016 on this, there was a website that actually showed the numbers and Lockheed Martin actually bought the website and they've scrubbed it, but I have the videos. But anyway, we knew something was up in 2025 because these charts were showing the death of Americans to be over 200 million. Yeah. Our GDP will drop by 72%. Now, if you believe the prophecies of us being attacked from two opponents on two separate shores, along with the starvation that they've already planned, it's already in the works. And Chris, I can't... There's so few of us that are sounding the alarm because most people are not getting it. And we walk in and you see it in the stores and who can afford to eat? And this all goes back. I can take you back to prophecy where it said that you will not be able to buy a loaf of bread with a day's wages.
0: Right. Yeah. Man, it's, it's pretty incredible what the, the times we're seeing and the amount of people that have their heads stuck up in their asses. Uh, but, you know, and Chris, I, I, can I put out one thing? Of course. I yeah. believe
1: that there has already been a great calling. Mm. I believe that it's taken place in the last two years that the government knows this. I contend that there has been at least 20 million Americans that have died that we're not being told about. And how I know this is that we can see this in the numbers of, the help wanted signs and the supposed low unemployment. There's someone's lying to us here. And because everywhere right. I go, there's no people. You're right. Where the hell is the people? And you know what I'm not seeing a whole lot of? The 20s to 30s somethings. Mm-hmm. I contend, and they're now, the media, by the way, is calling it sudden death syndrome for adults. That's what they're calling it. I think it's already underway.
0: Yeah. And, well, I mean, since you. Since I'm you sorry, us, I get, no.
1: but it's just it just. Since it you brought us there, off.
0: I just want to know what your thoughts. Do you think that this could be related to this experimental gene therapy that they've been push, pushing on people?
1: It's the geneticists. Hmm. People aren't getting it. Yes, is your aunt? my answer to that, but it's in a different level. They know, they told us, the RNA rearranges our DNA. Mm. Folks, this is geneticists. This is not of this earth. This is what I'm talking about. And it's happening on a global scale, folks. This is an invasion of a level that most people can't comprehend, and we're living it, Chris.
0: It's pretty incredible, man. You know, I I have so many different people that I talk to every day with different thoughts on what's happening in our future, and I resonate with so many of them, and there's so much to discern right now. But one thing I do see is the food shortages. One thing I do see is the troubles that we're in the the division that we're seeing. And you're right. Where are the people? Where are the people in the jobs? There's so much to look at right now that makes you scratch your head and say, "Man, we're in some some very special times indeed." To the least. Well, Wayne, this was fantastic. Um, any, any words for the people, maybe uh, for any kind of preparation that they can make, or, you know, I know there's a lot of us awakening right now and wondering what the hell's going on, not only with the, the physical reality here, but with their spiritual uh, and the outside world and the metaphysical. So uh, any advice you want to give people during this time? I'm going to give everyone times? a gift.
1: Yeah. Uh, so my gift to all of you is look at the word gift, and the word gift means go inside for truth. The only truth that matters to you, your family, your loved ones, but in the end, just you, because you're not going to be married on the other side, is the truth that's in here. And if you don't trust what's in here, then you're very likely to be deceived out here. All this other stuff, this has been written but it's going to be all right i'm just telling you there's nothing to fear here death is just a momentary orgasm but the point thing i'm trying to say it's don't feed upon yourself and those you love don't
0: very well said thank you sir this was fantastic thank you chris uh, we definitely have to do this more often, especially. Uh, Love it, man! <laughs> especially before it all comes down to a tumbling, tumbling. Yes, crumble. yes. <laughs> but, you know, if you see what
1: happened up in Canada on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going
0: okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're yeah. right. Let's had, let's make the use of the time. Had
0: me a little sweaty there for a few minutes. I was like, oh man, this isn't good. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. All right, well, man, thank well, you, Chris. It's just you, a man. delight.
1: You're just a joy and just a gift to humanity.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, The check's in the mail for that statement. (laughs) We'll definitely do this again soon. And until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. See y'all then.